This is Holistic Hysteria. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Sanford, aka Barefoot Fit Jess. I'm a certified holistic fitness and behavior health specialist with a in an emphasis in gut health and overall health. I love all things nutrition and talking about how to make a healthy lifestyle out of just becoming more aware, aware and mindful of the things that you're putting into your body and how to live a healthier life without dieting or anything extreme or fad. Um, there's lots of different ways to approach a healthier you. And today I want to focus on the fact that it's never too late or too early to start being more proactive versus reactive when it comes to your health. So no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, there are things you can start doing today and daily to improve your health because we're always going to be aging. Every day we're getting older, we're in a new phase of life every few years, and there's always going to be things that are coming out in the news or wherever that tell you do this and then a few years later it's you know don't do that so I really have made it part of my mission to help people learn how to tune into their own bodies to see how they feel versus listening just to what someone else tells them to do there's a lot of things that are labeled healthy out there or that have just become acceptable um, as a part of a healthy or an active lifestyle there's lots of supplements or uh, maybe energy drinks and, you know, it's almost glorified to be over caffeinated and drinking coffee all day. But what that ends up doing for a lot of people is sending them into adrenal fatigue. Their um, body will not function the way it needs to. They may not sleep how they should. They may um, really have poor energy overall, especially when they're, <clears throat> you know, thinking that they should be more energized because they're drinking caffeine all day long. So, um, maybe it's not coffee. Maybe it's those, um, energy drinks, which a lot of them have sugar or some sort of artificial sweetener in there. So we'll dive into all of that more in just a minute. But the main thing I want to drive home in this episode is that, you know, it, everybody has to be responsible for their own health. Like nobody can do it for you. You are responsible for your health. So, you know, you can't rely on your parents or when you're older, rely on your kids or even, you know, um, the doctors or the government or the food industry. You can't rely on other people to tell you what's good for you. So you've got to learn how to tune into your own body and see how you're responding to the different foods, the different drinks. And when we break it down into these five different areas, I'm going to talk about, I call it my five pillars of health. It's what I, um, you know, coach my clients on. It's what I coach my members at the studio that I run the fitness and wellness studio. We really break it down to five main areas of health. And that if you can become more balanced in each of those areas by setting small goals for yourself in each of those areas, you're going to find that, you know, your body starts to change. You start to function better. You start to feel better and feeling good is the ultimate goal. All the other stuff is just kind of like icing on the cake. Um, you don't want to turn around in your, you know, later in life and you've got all these, you know, ailments and illnesses, chronic disease, stuff that you have to, you know, get on medication for and you think you have to be on it for the rest of your life. Maybe, you know, your body doesn't function very well at all and it's hard for you to live your life. So, 
one of the biggest things when it comes to being more proactive about your life is thinking about your quality of life and feeling good, like I said. So this goes for down the road, you know, years, decades later when, you know, based on how what how you live your life now is how you're going to feel later. And that's, I know, that's super huge delayed gratification for, you know, the mindfulness and the actions that you put in now. But think about it. <clears throat> If you want to have that quality of life down the road and, you know, not rely on being tied to, you know, um, people having to help you every day or being on a lot of medications or having restrictions or whatever, if you want to live a little healthier, live a little longer, be a little stronger, you've got to really start paying attention wherever you are now in your life. It's never too late to start turning that focus onto your daily behaviors to see what you can change, what you can tweak to keep on feeling better and improving your health from the inside out. And really, it, it also comes down to being a forever student. If you can embrace being a forever student, which I know if you are younger and are, you know, and still a student in school, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so ready to, you know, be done being, you know, forced to learn things all the time. It's a little more fun when you're, you know, um, getting to choose what you're studying and all of that. And not that you have to be, you know, the one that totally geeks out about nutrition and health and holistic health and all of that stuff. But at the same time, no matter what you go into for your profession or your career, um, how busy life takes you, there's always opportunity to tune into those people out there who are um, sharing the information about natural health and ways to improve your daily life that will further serve you down the road. So let's just jump right into it. The five areas that I want you to think about, <clears throat> excuse me, when you are improving your health, we're going to start with mindset. So when it comes to mindset, you may be thinking, oh my gosh, you know, am I supposed to be all positive poly all the time? And, you know, life is hard, you know, all that stuff. It's not just about your outlook necessarily. It's really what little things can you do that will improve your mindset, but also affect your mindset and your total body. Because here's the deal. Your brain and your body are connected. Like your brain obviously is part of your body. There's like a brain gut connection that happens. <clears throat> a lot of our immunity, um, a lot of our mental health actually originates in our gut health. So if you have poor gut health, you're likely to have more anxiety, um, low immunity, maybe you get sick all the time, um, maybe you have digestive problems, maybe you um, you know, can't think clearly, you have brain fog or headaches all the time. So there, there is this big connection between you know, how your body functions properly and having a healthy gut, which I'm literally referring to you know, everything from your stomach down through your intestines and, um, you know, they're all the way out, all the way out. I know it's not glamorous to talk about <clears throat> and I never thought as an adult, I have three children and so obviously potty language is part of my life, unfortunately, <laughs> but literally talk with other adults so much about their own like bathroom behaviors because it is normal, it is healthy to go at least three times a day. Okay, and I'm talking, you know, go-go. Um, and so if you're not going at least once, that means that you're not eliminating toxins and waste that need to come out of your body. So if, if that's not coming out, that's a whole other issue, right? <clears throat> so back to mindset. 
if your gut health is out of whack, if you have leaky gut, if you, that just means that like literally the, um, the lining of your intestines is not thick and healthy and can absorb the nutrients that you need to absorb from the foods that you are eating or the supplements you are taking, um, and eliminating and, and being able to like press, you know, push the waste on through, you're kind of like letting all of that seep into your bloodstream. And so who knows when it's actually going to eventually get filtered out. So <clears throat> when you have those gut issues, your brain will not be as healthy as it needs to be. Your mentality will not be as healthy as it needs to be. Um, your, you won't, your brain just won't function as well. And, you know, we're living in a time where there is a lot of stress. There is a lot of anxiety. So it's, it's even more important to focus on what you can day to day. That's going to help you combat that anxiety and that stress. So we really should adopt habits to help us lower that daily stress. So, Maybe it's what you listen to. Maybe you watch the news and you need to watch less news or listen to less news. Maybe you need to listen to some podcasts or some audiobooks that kind of, you know, maybe they're educational or inspirational or just help you, um, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever in your life because you're learning something from it. Um, maybe it's doing some actual breath work. There are several different techniques. It's really important to breathe in through your nose and you can breathe out of your nose or out of your mouth, but they call it nasal breathing. So you predominantly breathe in through your nose. And if you want to breathe out through your nose as well, <clears throat> you will become less dehydrated. Your body will just kind of function a little bit better. And, um, you will also notice like the whole structure of like your mouth, your neck and your posture will change a little bit. If you breathe that you know, deep breath in through your nose and literally pull that air down all the way into your belly, not just expanding your lungs, but pulling it all the way down into your belly. So it will make a big difference in how you um, feel, how you function to really learn how to take those nasal breathing um, as like part of, you know, what you do every day. So here is a quick nasal breathing technique that you can adopt and you can do it when you're really stressed out before you snap you can do it when you need to just calm down before you have to go in a room full of other people or maybe it's at night when you're having trouble falling asleep if you breathe in deeply into your nose for to the count of four um, so you breathe in two three four and hold your breath for seven so you hold two three four five six seven and then you exhale for eight two three four five six seven eight and so you can repeat that as many times as you need to so in for four hold for seven exhale for eight okay try it i promise the the more you practice it the better you'll get at it breathe in through your nose and down into your belly and then exhale through your nose if you can um, for that four seven eight <clears throat> Other things to reduce stress, like, you know, playing your favorite music, taking time to just, you know, not have any demands placed on you to, um, you know, sit out in the sun for a few minutes, to walk around barefoot in the grass, um, to hang out with your friends or watch something that you love. You know, all these different things can help you reduce stress and you can actually feel better, um, mentally and then it's going to help you physically feel better as well and then the second thing so mindset is 
the first one. The next one that we're going to talk about is nutrition. So obviously there's a whole host of things we could talk about nutrition wise. Um, this whole episode will not be about that. We're just going to briefly touch on some very key parts of nutrition that you could start focusing on right now. That's going to help you, um, to improve your health and start feeling better. So one of the big things is reducing sugar. I'm sure you've heard that a thousand times. Um, but this is a thousand and one for you. And I'm going to say that, you know, I'd rather you eat anything that has like real sugar in it, especially like, you know, organic cane sugar or whatever versus something that has artificial sweetener in it. So the way like our bodies can, they, it actually recognizes and acknowledges real sugar. Um, that artificial sugar, even though it might say zero sugar, zero calories, all that stuff, it's still going to spike your insulin, which is a hormone that, um, you know, is part of your blood sugar. So without getting so far into that, um, just know that zero, um, calorie stuff, or even if it says sugar-free, it may still include some sort of artificial sweetener, which is actually worse for your brain and worse for your gut health than regular sugar is. Now, ideally, like 25 to 30 grams of sugar a day is the um, amount that's suggested. Now, if you eat protein bars, like there are some brands of protein bars where one bar has 21 grams of sugar in that bar, and it's considered a healthy protein bar too. Um, but if you don't look at the labels, um, not that you have to like, I don't even focus on calories. I have my clients really focus on reading ingredients and seeing if sugar is included. If it is included, see if it's less than six grams of sugar. Um, if it's not six grams or less of sugar, I usually recommend trying another brand. Um, just because it's not, it's not really worth it to get a whole bunch of sugar from one, you know, like less than 200 calorie you know, protein bar or whatever, it's not going to fill you up. It's likely not very nutritionally sound or nutritionally dense. So you're going to be hungry again. You're still going to have those other cravings. Um, your body's not going to feel fed because that's a lot of what it comes down to when you're craving something sweet or you feel like you need a snack. It's because you need a certain nutrient or vitamin or mineral that your body is wanting. So if you can't consume that and but you still consumed all this other stuff it may even block the absorption of the nutrients you do get if it's mixed with you know kind of man-made chemicals or artificial sweeteners or too much sugar so when you talk when I talk about you know eating clean it's really reducing your overall amount of sugar and trying to eat as whole foods um as possible. So if you're able to choose like an apple versus applesauce, now that's a really like lame and loose example, but you know, there's a lot of applesauces out there that have sugar added. Um, when it's like an apple versus chips or, um, you know, I know it's not always fun to like skip the chips or skip the cookie or, you know, go for the fruit or the veggies instead of the crackers or whatever. But, If you can do that more times than not, I'm not saying you have to do it every single time, but if you can do it more times than not for snacks and, and look for those things that do have the protein, like, you know, um, getting like making your own trail mix with like, um, seeds and nuts of different kinds, you can really satiate that hunger and it's, it's a good source of those nutrients and, um, vitamins and you're not putting a lot of other junk in your body too. 
Because if your body has to go through figuring out what all is in this food, because it's ultra processed and, you know, there's a, you can look at foods that are ultra processed, turn it over and, you know, don't even pay attention to the stuff on the front. So like what I was saying earlier, some of like, you know, energy drinks and different things are labeled or marketed as healthy. Um, there absolutely can be the opposite. Um, because the marketing, the food industry does not have your health in their best interest. They're in it to make money. They're in it to make you feel like you have to have this. This is part of what everybody does. You need this to perform better. You need this to be healthy. You need this to do, you know, to, um, to lose weight or to whatever your goal is. Um, they, they're playing into those goals that a lot of people have and it's just not true. There's a lot of stuff that I've, you know, seen shopping that says heart healthy or, you know, whatever. And it's, it's not, it's not a healthy option. It's just not. So the best thing you can do, like I said, turn it over, look at the grams of sugar, look at the ingredients. If you don't understand what some of the ingredients are, it's probably not very clean and it's probably not going to do very well in your body. Um, because you have to digest it. Your body has to be able to absorb and use it. And if it's stuff that it's, it's just, you know, chemical or, you know, lab made, man made, you don't need it in your body. Now, obviously you can't, it's really, really difficult to cut out all processed foods forever and ever. Amen. Especially if you're in school or you work somewhere where, you know, somebody else is preparing some of your food or those are the snacks available or whatever, but you have more control over what you consume than you may think you do. You just got to look for those opportunities when you can make or bring your own snacks, when you can make or bring your own lunch or, um, if you're getting the choice of when you go out, just picking a slightly healthier option. So there are ways to focus on where to, you know, make those improvements most of the time. Because what you do most of the time matters more than what you do all the time. So if you're already kind of looking at nutrition as like this all or nothing thing, um, part of the, what plays into that mindset with all this is changing that all or nothing mentality. Um, you know, you I, you, you shouldn't be on a diet. Nobody should ever be on a diet, especially children or um, even young adults. Like you don't have to diet. And <clears throat> it's really just about choosing foods that work well for your body. Now, you know, I've had people ask me like, hey, is rice okay to eat? And I'm like, I don't know. How do you feel when you eat rice? You know, does, does it bloat you or does it just feel like good food for you and it settles fine? Um, there's no one food that I'm ever going to demonize. I'm not going to tell you to cut out carbs. I'm not going to, um, tell you can never eat bacon. You know, it just depends on how your body responds to it. So, you know, tying that mindset and that nutrition in really being open-minded and as you're testing these different foods, start becoming more aware of how they affect you. You know, maybe you're really sensitive to caffeine. Maybe you're really sensitive to sugar. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're sensitive to food dyes. Um, there's all kinds of ingredients that can be added into some of those processed foods that you may not even know that are in there until you start taking a look at it. But there may be oils that you're sensitive to. Um, and that's another big part besides reading ingredients and trying to reduce your sugar. The other thing about nutrition that I want to bring up is inflammatory oils. So, um, some of the most inflammatory oils are very high in omega-6s and they're very cheap so they're in a lot of processed foods and it's usually what the fast food and like restaurants and stuff use as their oils. And it is um, different kinds of vegetable oils like canola oil. Um, they are just very, very inflammatory. So they, they, you know, irritate your gut. 
They're going to make you bloated. They may, you know, give you heartburn, brain fog, headaches. They may make your joints kind of sore. They may give you a runny nose. Um, they may bloat you after you eat. So if you feel any of those symptoms within 20 to 30 minutes after eating, something in that food caused you inflammation. And usually if it's, um, even if it's something that's dry. So like there are granola bars out there that have canola oil. Um, there are even some like health, what, you know, labeled as like healthy snacking cashews or nuts, and they have, um, different kind of vegetable oils or canola oil, you know, on them. If something is seasoned, like if it's sunflower seeds or, you know, cashews or almonds or whatever, and they're seasoning on there, they probably use some sort of vegetable oil to help those seasonings stick. So, you know, it's usually not the nut or the seed. It's usually the oil on there that's causing the issue. So, those are my biggest things when it comes to nutrition is looking at the sugars and trying to reduce those, reading your ingredients so you're understanding what you're eating and looking for those inflammatory oils. Um, and if you're, you know, cooking and stuff at home, use coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil. Those are your best bets. Um, those are higher in omega-3s. They're healthier fats and they do not have an inflammatory response like the oils that are higher in omega-6. Um, my next pillar of health, the area of health. So we have mindset nutrition and then we have quality water hydration. So you may think that you drink plenty. Like if you're drinking some water, some coffee, some tea, some, you know, um, <clears throat> energy drink or performance drink or whatever, but caffeine usually kind of negates the hydration that water might provide for you. And if you drink stuff that may help with your water intake, but also has added sugar, um, it's not really doing a good job at hydrating you either. So the best waters for your hydration, they recommend, I say they loosely, like who are they out there? But it's, it's loosely recommended to drink about half of your weight in ounces <clears throat> or convert it to ounces of water. So if you weigh 160 pounds, ideally you would want to consume at least 80 ounces of water um, a day. So first you have to become more aware of how many um, ounces of water you're drinking in the first place. And then if you need to increase that number closer to a goal, just work your way slowly up to it. You don't need to drown yourself and all of a sudden start drinking a whole bunch. Just slowly work your way up to it. Um, you know, filter water is good. Spring water is good. Um, try to avoid buying a whole lot of plastic water bottles to get the job done because usually they've done tests on a lot of the bottled waters around and they're usually no better than just tap water. So you're wasting your money and it contributes to trash and um, a lot of times those waters are actually a little bit more toxic because if those like cases of water, you know, before they got into the store got hot in the trucks or set out in the sun, when plastic heats up it actually leaches chemicals into um, whatever it contains. So that water therefore maybe has, has some of those BPAs or those other chemicals that help form that plastic leached into the water and then you drink it. So, um, your best bet is embracing using a reusable water bottle and try to fill it up with filtered water or spring water, um, whenever you can and go ahead and add some fresh lemon juice to it. If you like, you know, that, if you're bored with plain water, um, I like adding a little bit of um, ginger root to mine, my lemon ginger water. Um, it's extra anti-inflammatory effects. So um, <clears throat> really reducing the amount of like sugary drinks and energy drinks will just help you feel better. High, you know, caffeine is associated with 
that high anxiety, um, you know, maybe sleeplessness, like sleep issues and digestive issues. And you, you know, especially if you're still young and still growing, like our brains, you know, they're really not fully developed until we're like closer to 20 years old. And, you know, your, your organs are still trying to balance out how, you know, they're dealing with your growing body and all of that. And when you go, 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 especially maybe if you're an athlete or just very active, you really need that rest time, that recovery time um, for your muscles and for your brain. That's when our brains kind of, you know, um, really you're also, it's not just like resting them and recovering them. Part of that process is getting rid of like the cells that have been damaged, um, the cells that need to be, you know, um, eliminated from your body. The best way for it to do that is while you're sleeping. That's part, part your brain and the rest of your body um, kind of does this process where it's getting rid of the stuff you don't need anymore. So if you don't get into that deep, quality, restful sleep, it's really hard for your for your body to fully recover and actually be able to function well the next day. So, and I know, like, there's a lot of times when you don't have control over how late you get home or whatever. You just don't want to contribute to it by, you know, um, eating super unhealthy or, um, you know, consuming a whole lot of caffeine during the day because it's just going to work against you. And also doing the best you can to reduce that stress will go a long way as well because cortisol is the hormone that's elevated when you're stressed and melatonin is the hormone that's elevated for sleep and they're inversely related. So you cannot have high melatonin and get restful sleep if you're still stressed and have that high cortisol. So you really want to work on reducing that stress, reducing that cortisol and in, increasing that natural melatonin and making it where you can get into that deep quality, restful, restorative sleep. So <clears throat> sleep is that that's actually the, the number four um, you know, pillar of health of mine. It's a huge important area. It's actually the one I struggle the most with, um, just because I have to get up super early most days out of the week and going to bed on time is, it's a discipline thing. So I've really, you know, honed in my routine a little bit more of, um, you know, not time routine and all of that stuff. So, you know, take pride in your rituals that are going to help you take better care of yourself. And um, if sleep is a big struggle for you, you can do different things to kind of like unload all the things you're thinking about in your mind. Have your phone far away from your head when it charges overnight. And, um, you know, and do what you can to sleep in a dark, cool room if that works for you. If you need to have a notebook beside your bed and kind of write down all the things that are going through your mind that you need to do the next day so you don't forget um, it might help you sleep better <clears throat> as well. And then the last pillar of health that I want to talk about is movement. So movement has a lot of benefits, like obviously, you know, different exercise or just, you can, I mean, you can just refer to it as movement if you want to. I like to do that just because I know that exercise has kind of a negative, negative connotation for some people. And there's actually, you can actually exercise too much. So you really want to find your balance with purposeful movement and just start with something you enjoy. But, you know, it's really important as we age to um, do that strength, that resistance training um, and conditioning. So if you're, as you age, it's really important to start lifting those weights or using those resistance bands if you're not already. And then um, also just moving, like whether it's walking, if you enjoy running um, and doing some sort of flexibility training, it's really important for you to connect with all the different ways your body is meant to move. And um, you'll not only be better, you know, better healthy later on in life because you'll have, you know, maybe better balance, um, better coordination, you know, cause our bodies are going to continue aging. So <clears throat> 
doing what you can now to get in the routine, that habit of, um, you know, moving with purpose and with fun and having a strength component, a conditioning component and a flexibility or mobility component will really serve your body well, um, in the long run. So, um, and maybe you move, maybe you're active, maybe you're an athlete and you've got that base covered. Make sure you do some of that cross training where you're getting that flexibility training, Um, and then you're, you know, challenging yourself, do something every once in a while that you've never done before, but you know, movement is great for your brain health. It's great for your digestive system. Um, it's really good for your lymphatic system. So there's a lot of benefits to keeping your body going and keeping it functioning well, but continue in again, in this area of life to tune into your body and make sure that you're getting that recovery, that rest that you need and not overdoing it so that you don't injure yourself Um, and that you're, you know, really maximizing that time instead of letting it kind of, uh, wear on your health a little bit more. So I hope that this was helpful for you to see that it's never too late or too early to start turning inward and kind of paying more attention and being more mindful about how your daily habits, all these little things that you can do every day, um, can, you know, add up big time by the time you're, you know, decades and decades later, because you're going to keep learning, you're going to keep figuring out, you know, what's best for your body. And so if you start this practice now, wherever you are in your life, you're going to be in tune with your body and you're going to know more than anybody else, what is good for you, what works for you and how to function and feel the way that you want to. Um, you know, there's, there's no reason to be frightened about it or extreme about it or anything. It's really a beautiful thing to be able to, um, you know, just, just connect with your body and, and nurture it and do the best that you can with it because you are the only person in charge. Like I said, um, driving that point home that you are in charge of your health, even if you're still in school and you have, you know, parents that are in charge of your food and all that kind of stuff. There's, there's those five different areas. So just to recap, mindset, nutrition, hydration, sleep, and movement, start doing something in those, each of those five areas every day that help you improve your health from the inside out in those five areas. And I promise you over time, you will feel great. So thanks for tuning into this episode. Share it if you found it helpful and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. This is Holistic Hysteria. Hysteria.